0: Hello and welcome to Master Your Mindset with your host Isis Foster. This is the place to be for anyone who is on a personal development journey. I will be sharing with you my own mindset hacks and personal past experiences. Please subscribe and share if you enjoy what I'm about to share with you and you've taken value from it. You never know who may need to hear it. So excited to introduce you to this week's guest because this woman is absolutely obsessed with helping women create more freedom, inner strength and confidence to step away from their nine to five and into creating a business where there are no limits on the income levels. She is on a mission to help women realise that there are so many possibilities and options available to them, with the help of a mobile phone and laptop, to be the CEO of their own business and live the life that they maybe had never even thought was possible. So without no further ado, I am so excited to introduce you to the amazing Helen Williams.
1: Hi, it's so great to be here. Thank you.
0: You're so welcome. So... You have had such an incredible journey. Can you just start off by telling us a little bit about that journey?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So it has been incredible. I think um, it's really, to get to... This point, I'm so happy, like happy to literally be in this position because so I basically I've um going back to kind of like school days almost. Like, I left school early, so I haven't really got a formal education. I kind of dropped out of my A levels because I just didn't like school at all. So, I kind of fell into an admin job after that, and then I worked my way up, just really being in the right place at the right time, worked my way up to project manager. And up to a senior, senior project manager and my career just kind of like grew organically but i do think it was just because i'm sort of i smile a lot i'm polite i'm helpful you know so i think it was a lot down to that you know obviously i didn't have a, an education a lot of the time they wanted a degree and things and i managed to navigate around not having any education Um, But the thing was, I was kind of doing well in my career, but I was really unhappy, like I never knew what I wanted to do, ever, and it's always been a bit of a thing that I felt I didn't fit in when I was working, because everyone else seemed to be really into the job, and I didn't, it just wasn't me. So it's always been a bit of a thing nagging away at me, and it took, I mean, work, as you get more senior in jobs, it gets more and more stressful, that kind of naturally comes with the territory, and for me, not enjoying my job and then it getting more and more stressful and the pressure being piled on. I'm, you know, I'm quite sensitive sort of um, spiritual person and that just made me feel like not myself at all. And it got to the point, and this was just over a year ago where I was having panic attacks and I was really suffering sort of mentally with it. And some other stuff going on in my personal life. It all just felt too much. And I had this, you know, this one moment where I had a really physical panic attack. After a Zoom call with work, I kind of cut the call, lay on the floor, like really horrible kind of physical panic uh, panic attack. And it was just a moment. I just thought, I can't do it. Like, I literally can't do it. You know, I've got a little son and, um, well, not a little son, a teenager now, (laughs) (laughs) but a son who I'm solely responsible for. And I thought, I just can't have this where I'm so caught up in work that it's not a nine to five it's like a all-consuming thing you know so I decided to just follow what was inside me which was wanting to help people and wanting to do something for myself so I could really like live life on my own terms you know kind of plan my work around my life and also this sort of fulfill this kind of real desire to help people and to inspire women to not be trapped into a lifestyle that they don't want and they're not happy with because I'm really I'm a naturally positive person anyway and I have a natural sort of calling to help people so if my friends phone up with a bit of a grumble or moan I just feel this real like okay what can I do to help them there's got to be a solution you know so I've turned that into a business and so I feel like really fortunate that I've been able to do that, and I've just got this opportunity and this sort of platform to be able to help other women and to inspire them, just to be that you know you don't have to be the most confident person, you don't have to be the most the most anything you know you just have to be you and you just have to want to help people um and yes, yeah, it's, it's got me here today running my own business as a as a business coach, helping other people do what I did what I did.
0: You have done so incredibly well for yourself and can we just rewind for a second to the point where you said that it was all just too much for you because I think a lot of people in that situation after they had a breakdown would have actually just continued on and ignored their gut intuition. But with you, would you say that that was the pinnacle moment for you when you realised that the corporate world wasn't made for you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, it just it was a real sort of stark awakening. I thought, I just, um, I think as a woman in business, you know, there's a lot of pressure on you. It's often, you know, I've worked in IT roles. It is, it's still a man's world really. And, you know, I, I do, I did feel that pressure and I just think, you know, you feel, especially, you know, I've got all the bills to pay myself, you know, there's no, there's no other person helping me out. So there's a lot of pressure and, you do feel a bit of a failure you know to say i can't cope it's really hard you know even the companies try to say they're dealing with mental health and things like that it's really hard especially when you're in a you're, you know being paid i was being paid a lot of money so with that comes a bit like they feel they can pile a lot on you because you're being paid a lot but of course that's not the case and that's not fair and nobody should have nobody should have that put on them so um yeah i just think it's having, it's kind of not being embarrassed to, you know, there's no shame in even talking about having a panic attack or even being able to say, I couldn't cope, you know, it's not, it's not my fault, you know, it's no one's fault, it's maybe not even a company's fault, maybe some people's way or, you know, how they can deal with things, you know, we have different levels, don't we, but for me, it, it was too much for me personally yeah. and that's not, I take that as personal failing, I just take it as I was in the wrong place and I had to use that moment as my wake-up call to make a big change
0: I think as well when you are pushed your limits it really does highlight how strong of a person you are and you do always have two options in any situation you're in you can either carry on going down that road and break yourself even more or say enough is enough my time here is done this situation has served me up until this point but it's now time to venture into something new so how did you feel when you knew you needed to action your thoughts about leaving like after having that panic attack I can't imagine that was easy for you physically or mentally because that's literally your body shaking you and saying like come on Helen like you can't be in this situation anymore but if the corporate world or working in admin was all you'd ever known that must have been really hard for you to break away from that and try something new, even though your gut is telling you that you should do that, that's still quite a difficult step to take.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it was really hard, and it's um, and it's also very hard when you're used to living a life where you've literally got a call at nine o'clock, another one at nine thirty, then a ten thirty, then then people have booked in meetings throughout your lunch break. You know, having that, it took me ages to get out of the habit even now sometimes I think oh my god what, have I got a 10 o'clock call or you know do you know what I mean it's this <laughs> constant thing or, or was I meant to you know is there a deadline I'm meant to be doing you know so some days went like yesterday I had a day off like with my boyfriend and we just had a complete day just being you know together you know it's quite a new relationship so it's in that lovely stage And it's so nice just to have that freedom where you're not at the beck and call of somebody else and you can schedule things around your life. So you're really having the opportunity to live your, you know, actually live your life rather than just worrying about the next meeting. You know, worrying about, you know, even at the weekend in in a stressful corporate role, you're worrying about next week. You're making sure you're ready for it, you know, mentally and having everything lined up. And so it is all-consuming so having that, you know, that release where you can do, you know, you can do things for yourself. You can, you know, you can work if you, you know, I mean, it's a lovely, I feel it's a lovely job to have. and helping other people. So it doesn't really feel like work. Um, but also client calls, you, you're giving a lot of yourself to them. So it is really important that you have the time for yourself as well.
0: 100%. And I do think in within the coaching industry as well, you have to give a lot of your energy to your clients, but it's a different kind of energy because you know that that person that you're on a call with is going to get off that call and feel a 100 times better than they did prior to being on that call. Whereas I've never had a corporate job. I've always worked within like the private sector, but... I can only imagine that when you go on Zoom calls and there's like 50 people on the screen and you've got to chip in every now and then and it's not something you're particularly passionate about. Like that's a different kind of energy drain because you have to pretend that you're interested and you still have to show up for it and you still have to be physically present, but you're not interested in it. And everyone's probably feeling the same way, just drained and just feeling like they're going through the motions in that like coaching calls are so different to any other kind of zoom call because you know the person on the other end is going to be so grateful that you've shared your energy with them
1: absolutely that's such a good observation I hadn't thought of it like that but yeah you're exactly right you know you're on those calls and everyone is judging you like how you know did you speak up enough did you say something valuable did you add a contribution you know the corporate you're you're literally being judged you know people are the people that make the decisions on your salary are maybe looking at you for your next promotion or for your next bonus or that kind of thing so it they're really yeah and like you say you don't feel passionately about well I don't think many people do so um, you're on this call being judged and the, and the and the pressure is immense but so different from being on a coaching call where yes you want to get the results for your client and you know i'm sure the same as you i'm really passionate you know i get behind my clients like 100 their success is my success so that's what i get my happiness from um, but it's it's completely different it's, it's kind of draining in a little way because you are giving so much of yourself but the pleasure you know just massively out- outweighs anything doesn't
0: it absolutely and I know that you said that when you worked in the corporate world you were on this incredible salary and I have previously been in a job which literally trumped any salary that I'd had prior but I actually ended up having it in my notice after three months of being in that job because when you're in a situation even if you're being paid all the money in the world if it doesn't align with you at that time it's very hard to stick in that situation if your passions are somewhere else so a reminder to anyone who's listening to this podcast who is thinking that money should be the end goal take a step back and realize what actually matters to you what actually do you enjoy in life what lights up your soul inside you what things do you really enjoy doing if money wasn't part of the equation what would you do because that is exactly what you should be doing never ever chase no. the money because it will make you happy for one paycheck and then after that you'll be so miserable
1: yeah it's exactly right and and there is money that's that's the thing you know you might think um, and when I'd heard it before people have said just do what you love and the money will follow and I couldn't really understand it because I thought well, oh, you know, what do I love? I, you know, I've been through loads of soul searching, trying to understand more about myself. That's kind of taken me to this to this position as well. But you know, it really it really is worth doing that kind of thing. You know, like like I love helping someone. Well, I I wouldn't have even thought that was something I you know I knew that there were coaches and life coaches and business coaches, but me thinking, well, I just like helping people, and I'm a really good friend. I hadn't really equated the two, I hadn't really thought, oh, that could be a business coach, you know, I could help, well, I've set up my own business, I could show someone else to do that, you know, I hadn't put the two together for a long, long time, so it really is thinking about what, what you love and like what your friends ask you about and what you get excited talking about and what, you know, what doesn't drain your energy, what lights you up, it's that kind of thing that will lead you to that, you know, because you can, you can make a business out of Really, literally anything
0: can't you yeah. <laughs> you have to it think is.
1: like
0: yeah you just yeah. have to think like what advice do my friends come to me for because that is the business which I could scale like I know that you're the same in this situation I'm always the friend that my f- people around me will come to for advice on relationships on fitness on mental health on how to stay positive and I'm like All those things could be incorporated into one business and I can actually help so many other people do that because I've always been that person that people around me will come to for advice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which is great, isn't it? And and again, it's one of those things you might not realise it, you know, until so maybe whoever's listening to this, you know, that's a really powerful message. You you may not realise the things that you know that other people don't know you know, that you're just naturally good at. I think when you're naturally good at things, you don't appreciate that other people aren't as well,
0: you know? Yeah, I'm with it's you fun. on that one. Everyone always says to me, oh, you're so positive. Like, you always give the best advice. And I I never really think about it until I sit down and I'm like, I haven't felt the way that they're feeling before. And yeah. Yeah. you do take your mindset. I think when you're you've got a solid, secure mindset, you do kind of take that for granted because you don't ever imagine not, thinking in that way until you start working with clients whose mindsets are nowhere near where yours is so it's amazing as a coach to be able to build someone's mindset up to where yours is but also for anyone who is struggling with their mindset there are paths that you can take and ways that you can improve that
1: definitely yeah I mean I like I really I put a positive spin on everything so if something doesn't work out the way I want it to I will never let that You know, I won't let that spiral into anything bad. I'll just know that it happened for a reason, and something better is coming. Because you know, you've got nothing—you've got nothing to lose by thinking that way. You know, because you know, some people they don't want to sort of positive think too much because they think they're setting themselves up for a fall. You know, yeah. If you've taken an exam or something, and it's and it's like you know, you know, someone says or think positively about the outcome. They're like, oh, but I don't want to because if I fail, I'm going to feel like ten times worse. It's like. But but you 're in control of how you feel about that outcome, so you know imagine imagine the positive outcome, and if it wasn 't the positive outcome, then just look at maybe it wasn 't the right timing, you know maybe you did actually need to study more, maybe there are some more you 'll get out of taking it again. You know the timing is there it's it 's just trying to reframe everything isn 't it because there's no point in you're making yourself your life much harder by looking you know looking for the bad in every situation yeah
0: I completely agree with you and I think like that's a really good example of taking exams um for people who are at school who may be potentially listening to this podcast if you're doing an exam and you're literally setting yourself up to fail by saying I'm not going to do well and you think subconsciously that's a good way to think about it just in case you do fail so you won't feel bad you're almost manifesting that to the universe that you don't want to pass and all you're saying is i'm gonna fail i'm gonna fail i'm gonna fail and what do you think is going to happen at the end of it and i promise you now you're not going to feel any better if you do fail because you've told yourself you're gonna fail <laughs> yeah you're not
1: winning that's it you're not winning it yeah like, oh, i told you i told you I, was gonna fail. I mean
0: some you hear people say
1: that don't you it's like oh, i told you i was gonna fail that i told you i wouldn't get that job i told and it's like You're not going to feel any better. You haven't won a competition with yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: just just an ego thing. I think a lot of people will say that they expected a bad result or they knew something bad was going to happen to them because it's a trip on their ego. Your ego gets bruised when things don't work out the way that you wanted to. But also, Mm -hmm. you're doing a disservice to yourself if you're setting yourself up to potentially fail a situation so there's always two ways you can look at any situation in life you can either have a positive outlook or have a negative outlook either way the situation is always going to be what it's going to be whether or not you tell yourself it's going to be good or bad so why not tell yourself it's going to be good and if it comes out bad you can learn from next for next time
1: yeah and nobody nobody that really cares about you deeply is going to judge you and I think that's another thing people think oh if I If I say I'm going to pass that test and I don't, people are going to be, oh, God, you know, she had all that confidence and now she's failed. You know, if they're those kind of people, they're not your friends and they shouldn't be people you have in your circle anyway. So, you know, let them say what they're going to say and don't associate with them. You know, I think that's another key thing is to really pick who you have in your close circle around you. Because if you're overthinking, you know, what people are thinking about you, what they're going to say about you, they're not they're not your friends, you know. And they shouldn't be in your sort of circle of influence. So if you're with positive people, if you said you were going to pass something and you didn't, people that care about you, they're going to be there to support you and they're going to help pick you up and help you, you know, what can we do now? What can we, You know, what's the outcome? How can we move on from this? And that's the people you want to have with you.
0: I do think as you get older, it gets easier to notice the people that are good in your inner circle and people that aren't so good. Because I can definitely remember being in school and just wanting to have a million and one friends. I wanted everybody to like me. And looking back now, it is kind of sad because you watch films and like you want to be the popular kid but at the same time there were so many people that I wanted to be friends with that was so bad for me like to the point they would put me down but because I wanted them to be my friend I'd just stick around for it whereas now I've literally got I'd say five really good friends and I couldn't care about the rest (laughs) like I've got five friends who are like my best friends whose opinions really do matter to me and that's about it. You don't need a million and one friends. You just need a secure inner circle to support you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't, and I think also it's important to say that you don't have to make enemies along the way. If you, if you say that people aren't, you know, they're not your close circle of friends, it doesn't mean you have to go and tell the rest to get lost or offend anybody. <laughs> <it because laughs> yeah, you no. Know. You just wouldn't, if they say, do you want to go out for dinner or do you want to go out for a drink, you just say, no, I'm, I'm good, thanks. You know, I'm, you know, I'm busy I don't know, find a way out of it. Yeah,
0: I'm not down for that today, thanks.
1: <laughs> just don't choose to spend your time with those people. Yeah. But if you have to have, you know, the drama or interviews or anything like that,
0: it's just about choosing the positive people close to you. I think it reflects on your growth as well because i remember a point in my life probably about not so long ago like five years ago where i would say yes to everything the thought of missing out on drinks or going to a club or going for a brunch that terrified me because i was like what if they have literally the best day of their lives and i'm not there but then i think something flicked inside me where i was like the feeling that i feel when i'm really hungover after going to some of those events is that really worth it for the two hours of drinking yeah and Hello. I th- I think as well, like, it is very easy to say yes to things. Like, I've always been a yes person. But then when I started coaching, that kind of outweighed the party like lifestyle. I don't know if you've ever been through anything similar, where yeah. you, the long-term effects of what you're doing actually outweigh the short-term.
1: Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, with drinking, so I don't drink at all anymore. And um, just purely because... I was doing it for so long. I mean, I started drinking, I mean, not heavily, but when I was like 15 or something, you know. We all did in, in the
0: parks with yeah. strong yeah. bow bottles and stuff. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, all part, all part of what made us, so we were we, today, we, 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 but and character building. But yeah, so I've all, I mean, I've never, you know, I haven't got any sort of alcoholic problems, anything like that. But I was definitely using it as, you know, when I was younger to be more popular and to fit in. And, you know, to lose my inhibitions, that kind of thing, you know, as I think we often do. And then as I got older, I was using it, you know, as a reward if I had a tough day, I'd feel, you know, go to the fridge, have a glass of wine. But it got, and particularly in lockdown, i drank drunk loads, you know, just, just because there was nothing else to do. Didn't we all? <laughs> so
0: oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> yeah, awful. I mean, we got through, like, awful amounts of alcohol. But, um, and it, you know, I think you get to the point where it doesn't make you feel any better. And it was making me feel worse. And I was even having a drink, and it wasn't even taking the edge off anymore. So I was thinking, what is the point? And I was feeling tired about, like, half seven in the evening, I was just feeling really dozy because of having a drink, and then the next morning I was feeling cloudy in the mornings, and I just thought, well, "Hang on, why am I doing this now?" It's Maybe just a re- it
0: only- yeah. I don't I- know why I'm
1: doing it anymore.
0: I think it's just a repetitive cycle. Like yeah. you do it. Almost as a creature of habit, because that's what you're used to doing. Gets the Friday and what does everyone do on a Friday? Have a drink. What's everyone doing on social media? Drinking. What do people do in films when they get stressed? Have a drink, go to the bar. So you do do it. But then when you snap out of it, like this is not me, by the way, saying I'm never going to drink again. I'm just limiting how much I drink now because it doesn't actually make me feel good. Like on occasions I'll drink. But other than that, I would actually rather wake up with no hangover.
1: would and I'd rather talk to people that aren't you know shrieking their heads off or falling over (laughs) I would rather spend my time with people that are sober and again I'm not like a massive anti-alcohol thing or whatever it's just a personal choice I just know that I'm sharper happier I feel more myself I'm learning more about myself going out and not drinking and having the confidence to say to people "Us, you know I don't drink I feel really proud of it now um so yeah, it's just it's just a sort of growth thing, but I think it's just, you know,
0: it's definitely hiding behind alcohol for a long, long time. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Going back to your journey through the corporate world, having panic attacks, feeling so anxious, realising that that doesn't align with you anymore, and then starting a business, in hindsight, would there have been anything that you would have changed in that?
1: Um, I guess I mean doing it sooner really, you know, I'm a bit I mean I, said, I was gonna say I was a bit frustrated. I think things happen at the right time for the right reason, you know, but um but yeah, I, I should have done it sooner. I should have really, um, yeah, picked myself up a bit sooner before it got to you know, to someone having a panic attack, you know, I wouldn't wish that on any of my friends mm. or any anybody. You know, that's kind of that's a really bad state to get to. So I would have liked to get out a little bit earlier, you know, when I sort of realize it wasn't going to get any better for me you know um but yeah as i said things happen at the right time i think so maybe you know maybe it was it's time to happen and it did need a catalyst quite often you need an event to happen don't you to kind of springboard things um but i think yeah i just think getting things moving a bit quicker as well so um obviously with with the social media people want to connect to you and hear your story so I think to start with, I was a little bit timid with it. I was kind of doing the Canva posts and things like that. And I was a a little bit anxious about kind of getting my face out there or talking. You know, I think that's probably a a similar thing to what a lot of people have, you know. But but just really launching yourself, having the confidence to just show up and not worrying so much about what people are going to think about you. Because the people that like you and want to work with you will will like you and want to work with you. And the people that look at you and don't like your hair or don't like your voice or whatever they're not your people they'll go and find another coach that's
0: fine we'll gravitate towards different things so it's letting go of that that worry isn't it about being judged I think just trying to do that sooner yeah what advice would you give to anyone who's listening to this podcast today who is currently working a job which doesn't align with them and either they know what they want to do or they don't want to know they don't know what they want to do they don't want to know they don't know what they want to do but they know that they need to remove themselves from their current situation. What advice would you give to them, Helen?
1: I think it would be, so there's two camps of people in this situation. There's people like me who just, I couldn't take any more and I just left. And I thought, right, I've got to do this. I've got to make a success of it. No plan B. Or there's people, because that's a bit of a bold thing. I wouldn't recommend anyone does it that way. Because that is, I mean, that's me. (laughs) I'm just a risk taker. So I just do stuff (laughs) and deal with the fallout afterwards. But, you know, I think the most sensible way, if somebody was a bit hesitant or a bit worried, is to you know, you don't have to leave your job today. You can work with a coach and you can prepare that. So I, I work with people to prepare their exit strategy. So we'll get everything working, up and running. And, I, you know, I run a 12-week course, so it can be done in as little as, you know, 90 days, not long. Get everything up and running to the point where you can feel safe enough to hand your notice in so it's planned, so you don't feel, oh my God, you know, I'm not happy, I'm going to have to leave my business, and I'm not going to have money for my bills and my rent, you know, just take all that off your shoulders, because it doesn't have to be that way, you know, there's much easier ways of doing it, you can build it all up, In you know, it doesn't have to take a lot of time either, there's ways of doing things, so you can lay all the foundations until you think, okay, yeah, I can see it's going to work, I can see how it's going to work, and you can hand your notice in, and you can just be thinking, amazing you know this i can see it and this is the future for me and you can feel really happy in doing that and just relieve all the stress of it you know so that'd be my advice to to start doing it whilst you're still in your job so you don't get that that awful sort of panic you know don't you don't want to
0: put any more pressure on you're coming out of a sort of pressure situation you don't want to put any more pressure on yourself you just need the healthy overlap don't you you know that you need to take yourself out of that situation but you almost don't want to put any more you're right any more pressure on yourself will make yourself feel any more anxious and you probably already do so working alongside a coach who can guide you in the right direction is absolutely vital because you're not alone then you've got someone to fall back on you've got an accountability partner it's really really helpful to have a coach helen you have been absolutely amazing thank you so much for coming onto the podcast would you mind letting our listeners know where they can find you on social media
1: Absolutely. Thank you. So I'm on Instagram mainly. I am on Facebook as well and LinkedIn, but Instagram is my main home at the moment. So my um, my tag is at Hey Helen Williams, so H-E-Y and then Helen Williams. And, um, Yeah, I'm over there, so come say hi, I reply to all my direct messages, I love connecting with people, Um, you know, I give out, happy to give out loads of free advice, help, support, anything that you want, I've got lots of things going on, I've got this 12-week programme which is proving really popular, and it's a really high-touch programme as well, so you really get my eyes, someone that's done it all themselves already, you're getting my eyes over everything that you do, so if you want to know any more about that, then drop me a line, but yeah, just love connecting with people, it's what it's all about, so yeah
0: amazing thank you so much Helen
1: thank you.
0: thanks Isis that was great bye thank you so much for tuning into this episode today if you have enjoyed what you've heard please feel free to share it on your socials and tag me at Isis Foster One you never know who may need to hear it have a beautiful week